0: Hey everybody, it's Travis here from Everything and Nothing, and I just got through watching Candyman, yes, so I wanted to get on here and like give my review, tell you what I thought about it right away, because if I would waited till later, wrote my thoughts down, I might have forgotten something, and so I figured since I'm like hyped about it right now, because I loved it, I just wanted to go in here and express my thoughts about it right away, so that, you know, everything's fresh. You know, and like I said, I was worried about the running time, because I'm like, oh, it's kind of short. These days, I'm not used to watching a movie that's like an hour and 30 minutes. I'm used to like watching long ass movies. And so when I saw the running time, I was like, hmm, I don't know. How much story can they fit in that? And you know, they can fit a lot of story in that time amount, amount of time. But for some reason, I just thought they wouldn't be able to. And I was wrong every minute i watched this movie I, there was not one scene that i was born bored It was am born not one scene that i was bored uh everything flowed nicely can i just say how creepy it is and how the vibe of this movie kind of reflects the vibe of the original Candyman, and that's what i like I like that this wasn't a direct sequel, but I like that they had elements from the first movie in this movie. And a few things that sort of tied in. Um, I didn't think that... uh, Oh, wait. Spoilers. Whoever listens to this, I hope you didn't see it already. But at first, when I heard about the movie and then I watched the trailer, I wasn't sure if they were going to do this. But I was very surprised to see that the main man, the character in the movie that he was actually the baby from the first one. Yep. He was the baby from the first one. And I'm sure if you're a fan of the first one, you probably would have figured that out. But I didn't think they would go that route because I figured everyone would say that, everyone would think that. But no, they actually did it and they revealed it in a nice little way. I won't spoil that. Um but yes, they they tied it into the first one. They talked about Helen a little bit and what she was really doing and it's so interesting how they played with I guess urban legends and myths and stories been passed down from years and years ago, because the story that they were telling about Helen, of course, wasn't the story that actually happened because how could she prove candyman existed? She couldn't prove it, you know because only she saw him, so of course, it was her who was painted as the one doing all this stuff in the first movie, right, and so I love how, because of that, everyone just thinks Helen was the bad person and went crazy and snapped on everybody and was killing people. So, I love how they tied that in. I love the way this movie is shot. Naya did such a great job. Even though y'all keep calling it Jordan Peele's movie. It is not his movie. He was a producer and he helped write it, but he did not direct it. This is not his movie. This is Naya's movie. Okay? And she did such a good job. There are a few scenes where... I was so impressed with. Uh, again, spoilers. The one that came to mind that I really enjoyed was the scene in the bathroom where the girls get killed, the high school girls. Um, and the compact from, you know, the makeup compact, how it slid right under the stall that the other girl was in, and how you saw the reflection in the mirror of the compact, and how you saw Candyman in there. I love that scene. I love the scene where. Anthony uh, was at the critic's house, art critic's house, and when he runs, well, first of all, that whole mirror scene was so amazing. Oh, it was so oh, it was so good, and then and it was so scary, and you didn't know if you wanted to look, and the, the way they had the, way, the Candyman was creepy. The Sherman guy, he was so creepy. Oh my God, he had oh oh, he looked so scary. He reminded me of that man. I say this all the time. He reminded me of that man. Y'all remember in Creep Show 2, the first story where the woman runs the man over, but he never dies and he keeps popping back up. <laughs> and every time he pops back up, he looks worse than the last time before. And he says some shit like, Sorry, lady, or, Oh, lady, help me, lady, or whatever. <laughs> if y'all know Creep Show 2, y'all know who I'm talking about, okay? The first story, when the woman leaves after having an affair with sleeping with the man and she leaves, and it's like the middle of the night and she's driving home and she hits the hitchhiker. And then, but she keeps going. And then he ends up not being dead. Well, you know, dead or not, it didn't matter. This is a creep show. But then he follows her all the way home and he keeps popping up and she keeps trying to get away from him. But every time we see him, he looks more worse than the last time we saw him. And that's kind of how Candyman looks in the movie. He looks so, like, scary and creepy. Like the man in that movie did. So yeah, that's how I compare the two. But the scene where, after Anthony leaves, he kills the food critic. Food critic. He kills the art critic, child. <laughs> who <laughs> critic I'm beside excited he kills the art critic and then you see as she's getting killed the camera pan away that is a great scene a great shot right there uh, another shot that I really love is the scene where Clyde gets killed him and his girlfriend and they're in the art gallery that whole scene was fabulous first of all you see in the reflection but before he does anything he's just standing there so, like, you, your eye it doesn't catch it right away. Because you're like, oh, my God, you're, you're looking for him. You're looking for him. And then you kind of see him. But then for a second, he doesn't move. And then all of a sudden, he does move. And then it's, the hell breaks loose. It is so good. And then the reflection when he's dragging Clyde back. And you see his reflection in the glass. But, of course, looking at what's happening to Clyde, you don't see him came in at all. So that shot was really great. Um, oh, I wonder how they did that, yeah. So, that's just a few that come to mind. I don't want to keep saying it, but the story is also really good because it ties in not only what was going on in the neighborhood at the time, but the stuff that's still going on in the neighborhood at the time because they talk about Karini Green, but the stuff that still goes on, just period, for black folks. They tie that into the story And a very you know good way that's not ham fisted and too on the nose about what's going on with police and black folks, but they tied in just well enough to get you the idea of what you know it was like back then and what it's still like now, and the ending does a great job at elaborating on that as well, and I'll leave that there um so yes, this is the best movie I've seen this year, the best horror movie I've seen this year, mind you. First it was Fear Street. So it's tied to a Free Street trilogy. Um, I, I recommend it. I really recommend it. It really does the original justice. It's its own thing. It's its own it's very much its own movie. I just recommend everybody go see it. So claps, claps for everybody involved. Um I don't know how you, you can always make a second one, you know, because the spirit of Candyman is not just in one man, as you find out in this movie, the spirit of Candyman is all of them, because all of these, and that's another thing I want to elaborate on real quick, is how each, how folklore and stories and myths from generations and generations are passed down and how stories are told. And then similar to what happened with Helen, how everybody just blamed her for what happened and how that story sticks. And also how the story sticks with Candyman himself, how he said Coleman's character, how he was saying that there isn't just one Candyman. Something like this happened to Sherman then somebody else somebody else and then all that back to the candy man we saw in the first movie and basically what they're saying is that instances and stories like this that happen are are passed down through generations through generations and basically everybody is given that moniker because he said that's how the neighborhood and that's how people in the community, community do with what happened to these men they, I guess, they make them urban folklore. And that's, I get that because you know how stuff, stories in the neighborhood start out, and then you grow up hearing about a story that your parents told you growing up about what happened in the neighborhood to so and so and so and so. It's kind of like that. And so when they hear about what happened to Sherman, the Green, uh, Green Projects, and then how it was still happening even after he, de- he died, sort of like he will not even want one given... Candy razor blades to the kids, but then I don't know if they ever find out who did. But yet this stigma, this story, was attached to him because people in the neighborhood thought he was the one doing it because he was weird. So therefore, he must be the monster. He must be. And then how that story just carried on, and carried on. People said they still saw him and stuff. So it, it it ties into how we tell stories from the past and how they really don't die out like that and how they're not always true and how the person that it happens to isn't always a guilty party you know so yeah i to deliberate on that a little bit but yeah go watch candy man really good i will talk to y'all later i'm gonna go now it's hot in this car that's what i'm reporting. in it's not hot outside but it's hot in this car all right be kind see you guys later